0: Coming to you from the foothills of Los Angeles, it's time for In My Voice with actress, voiceover artist, director, and coach, Kathy Grable. With over 20 years behind the mic, Kathy brings you a unique perspective of working VO actors whose voices you'll know, but their stories you probably don't. Now sit back and enjoy
1: In My Voice.
0: Today, my guest is Michael Yerchek, a prolific voice actor that I've known for years from our days at William Morris Endeavor. Michael has done on-camera work in films and TV ranging from Modern Family to Mad Men, live theater, taught acting at a college level, and even has his Ph.D. in educational theater. But he's probably best known for his animation voices. In the anime world is Toby and Obito in the hit series, Naruto Shippuden. But he's also done several roles in Sailor Moon, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Transformers. Played Bjorn the gnome in the Christmas Chronicles 1 and 2, plus hundreds of commercials, and recently became the new voice of one of my favorite childhood serials, Count Chocula. He's full of wisdom and fun stories, so listen in. All right, Michael, it is super to have you on. It is
1: great to be here.
0: I am just thrilled. And Michael, it's so neat when you know someone and then you review their work again. And I have to say, you are so talented. I mean, it really, it was really fun digging in a little deeper. And uh, my husband, Greg, who's also in this business, he was like, man, he is really, really talented. So
1: well, that feels good. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so great to be here. And it's so it's so nice. I mean, I don't know if all of your guests are former uh, WME clients, but you know, it's, uh, there were so many years there where we were all getting so close in the lobby oh, and it, yeah. that became such a culture. And uh, to be, you know, without that, especially during uh, the pandemic, it sort of all of it sort of coincided. So it, it's, it has felt, the voiceover landscape has felt like kind of a lonely place for a while. And it's really nice to to kind of reconnect with an old friend.
0: Isn't that true? Oh gosh, mm-hmm. Michael, I felt that too. And we were talking on the phone, going over things and I was like, Yeah, this just, because we really didn't get a chance, you know, to, we all got shut down just like the whole world did. And then those things unfolded and, uh. I feel like we need a party when this is all over with. I know. I know. <laughs> so it has been really, really nice to catch up and all of that, and so and you've had some exciting things happening. But what I would like to start with is really starting from the beginning because a lot of our listeners, I think, love hearing people's stories and and just even how they got into this. So. Uh, where were you born?
1: I was born outside of Boston or in, I was born in Boston. I grew up until I was 13 in the suburbs of Boston, Wellesley, Massachusetts. And uh, then when I was 13 or 12 and a half, probably my folks got divorced. My mom and I moved to Chicago and my dad stayed in Boston. My mom and I moved, lived in Chicago and uh, stayed there until I was 18 And then at the same time, I went to college, which was at Colgate University, which is upstate New York. Oh, yeah. My mom moved to New York City. Uh, So... um, then I had New York City as in in the belt also because then yeah. that was a home base and so Boston Chicago New York kind of all three places and then when I graduated I moved to L A so I added the the fourth giant city of this country <laughs> yes <laughs> to, yes really <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so true I know I always thought Chicago and then when we were speaking you mm-hmm. said Chicago Boston and yeah now we're adding New York City and I I see an interesting period in your life there for sure as well Mm -hmm. um so how did i when did you decide hey this is what i love to do were you always an actor were you one of those kids who cut up in class tell me about it
1: (laughs) i think that so I, i was definitely always i was lucky enough in the different schools that i went to throughout the sort of the whole journey Uh, to always have access, whether I want—I never even really remember choosing. It was Mm -hmm. just uh, theater and drama were always part of any curriculum that I was a part of, Mm -hmm. and I definitely always wanted a big part. Yeah, you know. know, Yeah. uh, And I was. I was. I I would not say that I was the class clown because I was. I was kind of a good boy, you know. I was. I liked. I. But I did. I loved praise, you know. I loved Mm -hmm. sort of. Um uh you know, when adults noticed me, I liked it and yeah. uh, um and so i I I have always done sort of character work, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, uh, as it were, I loved reading out loud in class. I loved, uh, being in all the different little functions. I would sometimes ask if I could do a special presentation at, uh, at an assembly during, you know, the, the weekly assembly, I would always, I think maybe I'll do a poetry reading this week, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I remember distinctly doing, doing a poem with a, with a candle, with a lit candle and oh, then wow. at the end of it, blowing it out. <laughs> You know, I was in fifth grade and I was, but I was like already kind of like, hey, yeah, hey, ladies. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, so funny because <laughs> a
0: lot of times people talk about, oh, were you a class clown or this yeah. or that? And I think, no, actually, we were the often the ones the teachers probably really liked because yeah. we would volunteer and say, right. Yeah, we'll right, do that, right? right yeah, or, or we'd say, Yes, at least, right?
1: Right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and then I, the, but uh, I did, I started, um. In high school, I was also an athlete. And um, so middle school, there was room to do everything. In high school, the uh, sports became much more my center of attention. And then I got an injury my senior year and um, was sort of itchy for something to do and uh, did like a workshop, like a black box theater kind of uh, show Mm -hmm. and totally loved it. And then Ended up doing the big spring production as was, you know, as well. And I played Puck in a Midsummer Night's Dream and, oh, you know, and got yeah. real, I just sort of loved sort of the proper theater as well. Right. Went off to college the following year and uh, and then. um yeah, I, to be honest with you, I, I, well, I played rugby and and I partied a lot my freshman year. I didn't really do much of anything. Else. In Full
0: disclosure.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but then uh, sophomore year, I knew that I wanted to do something more, so I joined a, a sketch comedy group, um, and I was in. A, and then I started doing theater as well. And then I ended up being the the first person to graduate from Colgate with an actual proper theater major. There, uh, you could minor in theater in years before me, uh, but I graduated in nineteen ninety four as the first theater major from Colgate, uh, which is some, uh, I feel like should be some kind of a, of an honor, but I don't know right. that anybody knows it other than me and like That's the, great. the, the bursar <laughs> you yeah, know, or whatever, you the, started, the comptroller, started
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but, uh,
1: yeah. And then I, I moved pretty much right away. I moved right out to LA and I was doing, um, I, I cr- pretty quickly got into doing on-camera commercial stuff. Um, uh, had some luck there, was, you know, kind of booking some stuff, got in the union, that kind of thing. And after doing that for a couple of years and hearing as many people in our industry do, you know, you've got an interesting voice. You should think about doing voiceover. Right. It was like, oh, well, how do I do it? And at that time, the world computers, you know, the internet didn't didn't even really exist or right. barely existed. Right. Nobody was recording from home. You had to have an agent. You had to be in the union. It wouldn't have been an easy thing just to get started doing. Not that it is now, but it's easier or versions of it, you know, kind of are a little bit more accessible to people. Well, their-
0: it was so specialized and you didn't even know people did it necessarily. Right, Can right,
1: right, yeah. right, right. But in a way that was good for me because I happened, I I had an agent that had a voiceover department. Mm-hmm. I was in the union. Uh, they suggested that I take a class uh, like you know, it's specialized enough that you got to know mm-hmm. what you're doing in the in the right, booth. Right. So I took a class with Carol Kimball. You know, Carol. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. And um she was very encouraging and basically, you know, she made a little uh, on a cassette tape, you know, for Whoa, like a real yeah. uh, she recorded everything we did. And then I had a like a dual cassette tape player back at my apartment. I cut together a demo with no production right. in it at all, no music, no sound effects, no nothing, just sort of like my favorite four or five or six spots that we had, that we had recorded in class, L- had her listen to it just to kind of give me a final round of feedback. And she was like, you know what, let me introduce you to somebody. And she introduced me to uh, the folks at what was then TGI. Oh, yeah. And uh, Kama Neist, who is now the NEAT, oh, the yeah. N and DPN, passed was immediately like "Ah, you're very nice but we don't think so and I was on my I was walking back out to the to to the lobby and Wes Stevens stood up and basically was like hold on a second and uh he wanted to sign me so he did uh and I signed with them and um immediately just started booking uh uh with them uh, I, my very first job was for the the voice of kb toy stores um you know oh, kb yeah. it was a and um it's my first big out of house audition and i went and i did it and i didn't really think much of it and then i got a call and he said you know you got it and uh that lasted it was i suddenly went from being on the outskirts and and sniffing around and and sometimes having like a hit here and there to, it was my job. I was doing it almost every day. We did a bunch, like, you know, I don't know, however many, uh, wow. on, ca- uh, uh, you know, on camera spots and radio spots and regional spots and national spots and all this stuff. And, um, it, I was sort of just up and running and that was Ever since then, it has been, you know, the part of my work, because I still do on camera mm-hmm. and I still do theater and all that kind of stuff, but it's been the part of the work that really has made the most sort of linear sense, <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. it's a I know what you and kind of count yeah. on it. Um, and this, it just, it made, it was the, you know, how do I get into it? Take a class, uh, get them, get them to give you feedback, get a demo together, right. get them to help you get an agent. Those things all sound that's such easy advice to give, but the practical like doing of it is so much harder, as we all know. Oh, yeah, but it actually did work that way for me. yeah, and um so I feel very lucky. but uh, but it just kind of it happened that way. and and uh, you know, now we're talking about, Twenty-two years or twenty-three years later, yeah. and uh, I'm still I'm still cracking.
0: Well, you know, I think it's so true about and and people that have worked with me or you know spoken with me with this, or you know even at a party, people hear you do voiceover. Oh, cool! Like I've always yeah. wanted to do voiceover. Right. I always say I'm such a believer in the doing of it because you really do need to you know, try it on, take class. You need the demo. Like you said, whether it was cassette, I had a cassette demo as well, and then CDs and now it's all digital and everything. But yeah, it's, it's still, you know, it's interesting. There was someone I was, I was talking to years ago and he ended up um, getting with um, WME and he had taken a class with me and he told me, I looked at him, I said, way to go. I mean, you know, that doesn't just happen to, you know, you did, you did the work. And he goes, you know, I think that's probably the second time in my life that I really listened to everything you said to do. I mean, (laughs) to someone, not just, to someone that I really listened and just did the steps Mm -hmm. and, um, he goes, I don't know why I haven't other times in my life. But <laughs> anyway, it, it's interesting. And and sometimes, like you said, you hit pretty early on. A yeah. lot of it is perseverance. I know people that, you know, it's been a really long time coming, but mm-hmm. it really, and to, to keep doing it is perseverance, because we all have good and bad years and slow Absolutely. times and everything yeah. else. But, yeah. you know, um, it's really interesting uh, what you said, too, about schools, because I can relate to that. And and i No, we're not giving out our ages here or anything, but Mm -hmm. sometimes I wonder uh, with kids going through it now, because I have daughters and all of that, and I just feel like the arts programs have suffered so much. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was so lacking in the schools. And like when you said that you could find it any place that you went, I mean, that's the way it was when I was in school too. I mean, um, it was that way in public school. I went to public school. It was that way. and, And I did go to a school that had... You know, I think an emphasis on that. Although their sports were great too, just all those things were available, and and um I also think you know churches, community organizations, all of that. There were choirs. There were you know there were just things that you could plug into without having to lay out so much cash. And it yeah. you know it was like sports. It was just a part of you. And there's some things with voiceover now that I think wow, I, you know, I, I, I had that because I did it from such a young Mm -hmm, age. I mm -hmm. didn't even know that that was developing in me.
1: And not only that, you know, it's, it's, it's like, not only was it not such a, like a, an added extra investment of time or money for parents and family and you, but also the act of doing it you know the 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 familiarity of doing something out loud in front of other people was so second nature to me
0: yes. that
1: um that the idea of especially in voiceover very quickly Though, you know, if I have, even to this day, I mean, of course, if I have a, like a, a cool new gig, I'm going to be, I'm excited. Yeah. But rarely am I, I'm not stifled at all by nervousness because I think it's just the, it's just always been something that I've done, you know? And, and yes. it's, it's, um, uh, I have, you know, I, I went to drama school too, and I've got, I've got sort of good training under my belt for lots of other parts of the work. But just in terms of like the fundamental, nature of this being in front of other people having discussion looking someone in the eye Mm -hmm. speaking clearly all these things these like not only are, are drama programs and arts programs going away but people are so you know married to their phones that kids and I mean it's, I don't now this is now I really am showing my age. Kids today yeah. they, they don't know what they're doing anymore. It's that's well. a
0: great voice, you know. No, but I you know, I we may have even had this conversation in the lobby of I think that's so true. And I yeah. have a friend, he's a a lawyer and he was saying they were interviewing all these Ivy League schools, you know, obviously all very smart kids. Mm -hmm. He said they had 15 minutes with one of the top law firms in the country. Mm -hmm. And afterwards the partner said, well, what'd you think? He said, I wasn't impressed. And um, they said, he said, I would hire one. Mm -hmm. And they said, we agree, why? And he said, well, I actually had one guy check his phone in the 15 minutes he had to get a job. And he said, um, there's only one guy that looked me in the eye, seemed teachable, excited, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, some of things we're talking about, which really you do get in those arts classes and acting classes. And I have to say, that's one thing, especially with oversized classrooms, because my kids did private and public school mm-hmm. and, um, they did a lot more of that getting up in front of people. And also we weren't involved in a lot of the community things too. So mm-hmm. they had that, but I think there's so many people that don't. And, yeah. you know, um, even my husband said when I would read bedtime stories, you know, and we're doing all this and we're yeah. all big kids, you know, and enjoying it. I said once, well, why don't you? And he's like the biggest ham in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. he, and he's a writer, but he said, you know, I, I rarely read out loud anymore. He said, Mm -hmm. after school, when do you read out loud? Mm -hmm. And yet he writes it all. But that speaking of it, that doing it, Mm -hmm. I think it is like a muscle. Like now I'm saying, throw me a copy. You know, of course I say that and then I'll go, bleh. But, you know, (laughs) throw throw me a copy, whatever. I feel fine. You know, we'll jump up and and just start doing it, right? And it feels comfortable to us. So, Yeah. yeah, I think that's so true that we were fortunate to have that. And that's something I really... I'm hoping comes out of this time because I just think we really need the arts and um, need that heart
1: and that connection. And I tell that, I say that to, I I do a lot of teaching and I I say that to students all the time where it's like, you know, we will talk about technique and we will talk about, you know, how, you know, ways Mm -hmm. to be in front of the microphone or if, if I'm teaching an acting class, you know, ways to be present on stage and so on. And there are obviously technique driven things that are important to understand and to do. But I tell everybody, you know, the best thing you can be doing right now is pick up anything that has writing on it and mm-hmm. and read it out loud. Absolutely. You know, the newspaper, the back of the cereal box, definitely. You know, obviously scripts and things like that. But there is, it is muscle memory, and it's also it's facial too. You know, yes. your articulator muscles. The idea of getting your face, your your lips around yes. certain sets of words in a way that other people can understand. Is connected to the way uh you know to, to how well you're gonna do. Um, because a lot of people, again, like especially in moments of stress, which includes any kind of performance, sort of lock up and then all of a sudden oh, they sort yes. of talking, you know, <laughs> it's just like, all right, it's I don't need it, everything doesn't have to be, you know, I am a very model of a model major general, but right. it's close. <laughs> you know, well, it's like there's something to it, you know. It's
0: so true. And I think that. Um, it's we seriously didn't discuss this beforehand, but I say that too. I say if you, have, even if you have to whisper it to yourself, yeah, because voiceover can be very last minute. Sure, always wrap your mouth around it because you never know what is going to be tricky.
1: That's right, gonna that's hit right. You,
0: I agree. Where you need to breathe and all that. And I think we are, and, and during this time where we've been in and out of shutdown and more inside and everything, I find myself not supporting quite as well. We're seeing yeah. so much more. Yeah. Um, and I just notice, you know, lazy mouth. With people I'm working with, um, even family, it's like, oh, the end of the sentences. And I know it's popular now, but the bottom line is, you you need to be able to understand it there was even an article my husband said he read about he goes okay it's not just us that you mm-hmm. can't hear dialogue in movies and TV
1: editors yeah i read that article yeah, yeah exa- exactly exactly it it's funny did you post it on facebook i, I picked it off of facebook and some yeah. somebody had posted it and yeah. i read it too and i showed it to my students you know and it's yeah. just you know this is this is it it's happening there is a, a cultural trend which is doing a disservice to the craft of acting, mm-hmm. which at some point is going to come back around and hurt you know, new actors because right. it's so normalized to not articulate and not enunciate. And I get it. I get the naturalistic thing. And I get the idea of wanting to be as normal as possible. But one thing that, that people also will say is, I just, I'm a very even keeled person. I wouldn't react this way. I don't have these kinds of responses to, you know, you're looking at your mother possessed by the devil or whatever. Like, right. I think I'd just be, you know, it, they, they, they sort of let themselves off the hook for having a big emotion. And it's like, okay, well, you're kind of boring. You know, yeah. I don't know yeah. that that dramatic literature is, you know, would focus on someone like you. This person, <laughs> you know, whether right. you're playing them naturally or not, this person is going to have a reaction and at least in this room right now i'd like to see you do it you know, yeah, you know? I, I love just... that
0: michael because <laughs> i i find that too and i i have to say i feel like i'm a native now i've been here so long but i'm not native to la and i remember i met this guy um i'm from the midwest and then i moved to texas for five years got my sag card and moved out here and i met this guy that was an actor from texas and we went to residuals do you remember residuals
1: the, the bar yeah the bar yeah.
0: residuals yeah. i i
1: only ever heard about it i never actually yeah. went there but I think it wasn't could,
0: really so much a bar it was yeah. just yeah they put residual checks up around yeah. everything i think you could get burgers and stuff
1: couldn't so you then, the, i think yeah. the, the the rumor was always like if you could bring if it was something either zero zero point zero or anything less than five cents or something you could get a free something, yeah. Is that, you was that true? Get a free something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and
0: yeah. so, um, so he goes, You gotta go. So we met there, might have been the only time I was there, and we're just laughing and having the greatest time. We haven't seen each other in a while. And I look around, I said, What is the deal? Like, no one looks like they're having fun. They're all like <laughs> too cool for school. They're all yeah. sitting there like, ooh, you know. And he goes, Oh, that's LA. And so in some of my classes too, you know, they'll there'll be a direction like shocked. And they'll go, well, I just don't get shocked. And I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah. A bomb just went off. Yeah. Like you're on <laughs> yeah, the freeway, exactly. and two cars just right. hit right in front right. of you. Right. You've got to hold control of the car. Is that, yeah. you're sitting back with your legs crossed going, I, yeah, I just yeah. I don't get shocked. Yeah. You know? Oh, oh so, the
1: devil. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, no, a zombie. Oh, a yeah. zombie. You know, whatever. <laughs> or like,
0: even like, I'm probably going to blow away my mic here, but you know, you you're sca- yeah. you know, something, loud noise, yeah. right? Yeah. We all yeah. react yeah. to that, right, exactly. at some point. So right. anyway, I, I'm with you on that one. Well, one thing I wanted to ask, speaking of teaching, is I noticed you have your doctorate. He's I also do? smart, folks, from <laughs> NYU. And I was wondering, had you already been working as an actor when you went that route? Sounds like it because you came out to L.A.
1: Yeah, I got vice versa. I did it. So, uh, I, I was a late bloomer academically, uh, at least as far as graduate stuff. So, um, I got my doctorate when I knew you, you know, I, I, I actually finished my doctorate in 2018 is when I, is when I, you know, sort of my, I defended my dissertation was at the, the end of 2017 and then marched in 2018. So relatively recently, um, I had got, I got my, uh, uh, masters, um, in 2000. I, I went back in 2002. Um, so right around then it was just, it was, Do you remember the, uh, the strike, the Screen Actors Guild strike.
0: Right. Killed
1: right. all the momentum that I had had. You know, yeah, the, the, the yeah. KB Toy Story that I was just telling you right. happened in 99 and this kind of like you know, about, I guess 98 or something, I don't know, whatever it was, it was about a year and a half of like living fat on the hog. And then suddenly the strike happened, everything went away. Mm -hmm. And I was in my twenties and, and, uh, you know, um, I just, I I didn't, I hadn't been saving anything. I just was sort of, I've arrived and this is going (laughs) to, you know, um, I'm
0: young and it's working. yeah. (laughs) And
1: so, uh, and suddenly I found myself back behind the bar, uh, you know, and, and, um, and not working. And, and uh, my, I come from a very academic family and my, my dad, you know, said, well, you know, why aren't you doing theater right now? And I was like, I don't really know that much about theater Um, in spite of having been a theater major in college, you know, but undergrad stuff is just, I mean, it just, it wasn't, I didn't feel qualified. I felt like there's got to be something more to it than what I feel like I know about it. Um, And uh, you know, the the idea of graduate school after right after college was I was at, totally opposed to it. I didn't want to do mm-hmm. it. Um, and you don't understand me anyway. You don't understand the business. You don't understand movies. I don't. I want to do film. I want, you well, know. Whatever. Oh, I
0: hear you. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. And you feel so, like you have to go do it. You know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I felt like I had to go do it. And so uh, and I went and I and and uh, it was happening. But then again, the thing was, the brass ring at that point had been, can you make a living? And mm-hmm. I was. Uh, and it, and, and there was something missing though, because then when it was, the, when the living, when things went in a different direction, I had no flexibility. I wasn't able to do okay. much else. So um, I went back and got my master's and, uh, and that was fun. And then I was teaching a lot through theaters too. So I was, a, I was a teaching artist after that with okay. uh theatricum botanicum and center oh, yeah. theater group and a couple first back in back in New York on Broadway and so on and, and doing those kinds of things. And then, and then out here and then. The the program that I was part of uh, the um, performing arts program at at NYU was um, it was it's it was the it was a master's in, in performing arts professions. So it was actually it was not it was through Steinhardt through the Steinhardt School of Education and Cultural uh, Learning. And um, the program that I had gone to then opened a doctoral program and reached out to alumni as possible candidates. and I thought you know at the time I was I was doing a little bit of teaching it was all very community partnership driven um and I knew I wanted some I wanted more in that part of my career which was now starting to be like a parallel to my creative side Mm -hmm. um and so I applied and got in and and went after it and I did I stayed here but I um I was able to do these intensive semesters. So I went to New York City for three weeks and did like okay. a full semester in the three weeks there. You do classes every day and then you do all your written assignments afterwards from home. Okay. And then I went to London for uh, for six weeks and did the same oh, thing. And then great. I went to Puerto Rico for, for four weeks and then back to New York again. And then a bunch of other stuff kind of from here, just zooming in or, or, or what have you. And uh, at the, it was just everything was kind of fell, falling into place well, because, you know, serendipitously, because at the time, at least that department at NYU did not have any kind of um, virtual learning oh, modules yeah, set up. Yeah. And they knew that it was coming. Little did any of us know how oh, soon, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. but they knew it was coming so they wanted to try something and not i was a brand new doctoral student they knew me already because i had been right. there 10 years earlier as a as a master's candidate mm-hmm. and and uh so i i i just got it done and it was a bear you know i mean it yeah. there there it was the classwork was delightful the writing was you know the the in class writing was fine the this the pro, the process of of pumping out a dissertation is is re- really hard. And also there are just, there seem to be so many like administrative loops that are just designed to kind of trip people up at the end. Yeah, I swear it's part of it is just like, it's so unpleasant that they just, they know that there's going to be a huge attrition rate. Yeah. So if you do finally get it, you know, if you get the blessing of you are a Mm -hmm. doctor, you, you know, you sort of, you, you, you cherish it a little more or something. I don't know what it is because the program itself, it, it was demanding, but doable. The hardest part for me was was just completing all the tasks that needed to get done to get that final, you know, paper and contribution to the field approved. Yeah, um, and which is just part of the process. Anyway, that's a long answer. It's it was <laughs> it took it took a lot from me. So I'm right, I'm, uh, right. I'm proud of it, and it's also funny because um it makes a difference. Uh, but it's it, it I don't you know. People are always like, what, why, (laughs) why did you do that? That's (laughs) so cool.
0: (laughs) What was your paper on? I'm curious.
1: It was on you. It's called a matter of life and breath. And uh, it was about uh, using a chosen vocal technique. In this case, it was Fitzmaurice voice work as a means of establishing and maintaining connection to oneself one's audience and the text that you're that you're working with so it's kind of like the application of using voice work uh, as a teacher as a communicator as an actor um, kind of across those fields uh, and so yeah so and now I teach voice I'm the I'm the voice instructor at the Strasbourg Institute which is that's, um
0: yeah. you know
1: this joint here in uh, here in LA and back in New York as well but I'm only here
0: yeah that's really cool I yeah. I find that fascinating because I've done some seminars and, uh, writings on, you know, the voice and how we can apply it to so yeah. many practices as yeah. well as, as acting and all of that. So that's really neat. All right. So let's jump in back into voiceover and also on camera work. Um, so, uh, cause you've answered so many of the things I had thought about. This is just so interesting. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about your favorite on-camera and voiceover roles. So let's start with on-camera because some of the voiceover things I want to talk about specifically. So, is anything come to mind for on-camera?
1: Well, the uh, I will. I'll keep it short, but um, the uh, I have been really fortunate in my. Uh, a group of older people of uh, older friends from colgate um graduated before me had started a com- the comedy group that i ended up inheriting and directing while i was there and this group is called broken lizard uh and they have done a like a whole i don't know maybe it's seven different movies and they have just been kind enough to put me into everything they've done oh. Those are all really fun and like dear projects to me. They're, uh, I'm never a huge role. They're not Shakespeare. <laughs> <You> yeah. <laughs> know, these are sort of silly movies, but they make these features, you know? And and um, so uh, most recently we just finished, we just wrapped at the end of December on uh, this this new movie called Quasi, which is uh, about Quasimodo. So it took place in uh, 13th century France. And there were the the kinds of, sets and costumes and wigs and accents and things that, I think I always thought acting was going to include and right. then when I got out here it was always like okay so you're just you're a guy uh yeah. from you know Santa Monica <laughs> and you like, you know right. whatever and, and you're, I'm like oh that's not that hard <laughs> and, yeah, and what uh, are my I'm, cool like,
0: costumes yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: and this was you know this was sort of this ridiculous thing where it was all you know kind of you know just fun and over the top very yeah. campy kinds of uh you know Monty Python kinds of stuff Oh that's so So fun. that was a, that was a super fun uh thing to get to do and simultaneously they are doing a couple of them have broken off and they're doing a series called Tacoma FD which is on uh, True TV and and then uh, reruns on HBO and and um, they uh I have a recurring on that role on that show oh, too so fun. it's a, just yeah fun yeah. fun stuff yeah It's
0: neat we'll have to look out for that Yeah check okay it out. so um some of your favorite VO roles and I have to say there are a couple that even stand out to me because um, I we were fans of the holiday classic. I was we were like, oh, he was Bjorn and, uh, <laughs> the uh Christmas this Chronicles. the Christmas Chronicles and Netflix <laughs> Disney yeah. uh, collaboration. And since we're coming out of the holidays, and then the other one is it must be such a kick doing count chocula a childhood you yeah. <laughs> the new right. chocula right yeah so those those were really fun to read about but i also think your answer may be completely different so
1: anyway. well i'll tell you both of those are really fun and the the christmas chronicles one in particular was just super neat because um a we recorded on the disney lot which was exciting you know just i mean if you've been there it's just like it's so cool to go to disney to do an animated voice in one of the studios where you know all this history exists and yeah so and so that was that was delightful and it was also really cool because we learned though though the so the elves are are present but they're not as it you know in the final cut it turns out we don't do that much you know or or we (laughs) (laughs) we're around but you can't tell that it's me necessarily but um for it, they hired a linguist, uh, the guy that created all the languages for um, Game of Thrones, right? And wow. so, the, you know, the Dothraki and all of that. He created an Elvish language, which was like a hybrid of a couple of different Scandinavian dialects and, uh, and you know, imagination. And we had kind of like a lexicon and, a, you know, and he wrote in in the language and then phonetically in English, you know, so that we could understand it and yeah. translate it, everything. And he was on set and they'd make changes on the fly and he'd figure it out using some kind of weird formula. And it was just such a fun kind of magical process making the thing. And yeah. the movie, of course, is kind of magic. So it's, yeah. it's just, uh, you know, and I'd love to say that we got to meet you know, Goldie and, 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 yeah. <laughs> and Kurt and everything. But well, we, yeah. you know, of course we didn't, but, uh, <laughs> but it was cool, but I met Chris Columbus, you know, and that yeah. was cool, you know, and, uh, you know, it was, a, that was a fun one. Yeah. Um, and Count Dracula, you know, uh, you know, I'm in the, just the right age group for it. So that was a fun, that was fun. It didn't turn out to be as big as I thought it was just, it was kind of a one-off, um, mock music documentary. And then we got, we recorded, um, uh uh the monster mash song we you know as oh, as the characters yeah. you know i was working in my love late one night you know this whole thing which was <laughs> fun. super fun and i did a funny story about that i married i i performed the ceremony i became a minister uh which is oh, okay. fairly easy to do online yeah and uh, and uh i performed the ceremony at my friend's wedding recently uh and his now wife is a huge canchacula fan and um <laughs> And so I, when I said I now pronounce you man and wife, uh, I did it in the voice, and oh, that's uh, fun. Then she was the only one that got it. No, we didn't tell anybody. I just did it, and their <laughs> parents were like, "What was? What was that?" Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so that was but, a little uh,
0: odd. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but so, yeah, that was those. Those are both great. The um, the role I kind of have been pointing to lately, which has been just sort of a neat um sleeper uh kind of champion in my in my little uh arsenal it uh has was doing um the uh, a, a dual role which was uh obito toby and obito in this anime show called naruto shippuden which since covid uh it was released on netflix uh we have we wrapped this show uh two years ago um And though occasionally there will be like a video game or a movie or something like that, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, where it'll pop up or whatever the show itself has been, has been finished for a while. Um, And uh, it, but suddenly it is back with a, with like, you know, a real energy behind it in terms of fandom. And um, so strangely uh, though, I missed the boat of cons and all of that when the show was actually in its heyday. I didn't understand how any of that stuff worked and nobody mm-hmm. told me. Um, that's a separate conversation, but right. I kept expecting an invitation and I never really got one. Um, oh, and I thought yeah. that was, it must be because my character's not big enough. And of course, I had never watched the show because again, when the show was popular, even streaming services were so rare right. that you'd have to really be like a a connoisseur of that genre to, to right. know what was going on so I didn't know anything about the show I'd never seen the show we don't get the scripts when you're doing dubbing work you don't get the script mm-hmm. you just get your lines you're doing right, yeah you know, so right. I knew nothing about it I went to pick my son up at a uh, play date and the kid's older brother had a shrine to the character and wow. to my character had a shrine to the to the show and my character was in it I was like I play that guy and the kid couldn't believe it and then that you know uh october somebody came to my house dressed as my character and i started to get the sense okay this is bigger than yeah. i thought but still i never had done anything with it and then just this last year uh people started reaching out to me online cuz it just the world got smaller right uh, right and um and now i'm you know I, I just did my first live con and uh you know uh, in at uh, the Pasadena Anime uh, oh, Con, yeah. and yeah, um, and I'm going off to Dallas in a couple of weeks to do a con there, and and so that those roles that you know their alter ego characters they were big, you know the people who love that stuff love those guys uh, or hate those guys love to hate those guys, you know? <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, uh, you know, and so th- that that is so current for me because it's just. Uh, You know, I, I, you know, I I do cameo Mm -hmm. videos and things like that. I do them all the time now. And it's just a funny little thing that is just like it went away and then it came back again. But it's it's sort of been a long, a long term gift, you know, (laughs) so it's it's hard not to list that.
0: Yeah, you never know. You know, that's one thing that I wish. I probably would have pursued more and didn't even know hardly what it was when I did some anime characters when I first came to towns. And you're so right. You don't always even know what, yeah. and you get these lines and it was, it was so new, Right, I didn't even know what I had and yeah. I did it. And it, to be honest, it was a little bit of a scramble yeah. and it was like, be back here next week." And I don't even know what roles I did now. Which now it's so big, right? Um, because we didn't get copies, we couldn't even really watch it here. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly, and,
1: exactly. And the pay is terrible. You yeah, know? And, yeah, and That's the truth. I mean, like the I, I signed at William Morris, and I was already doing the show, and I was like, "In great news, I'm bringing a client." You know, I'm, right. I, I'm bringing a, an account, and they were like, "You know what? We don't we don't need it. It's okay." They say they didn't even want to deal with the paperwork. They're just yeah. like, "Just keep it. It's yeah. fine." And so I was always actually, to be honest with you, I was always a little embarrassed by it because I knew it was it was so low budget. I didn't it, I I didn't know anybody who watched it. I mm-hmm. couldn't watch it myself. I didn't know anything about it. And I just didn't I just didn't get it. And it's only years later that I mean, because this show was I probably did it on and off for about eight years. Wow. And, you know, you know, now here we are 10 years later and, and after the first time having done it and, and um, and it's like more popular than ever, which, and it's right. it's crazy. It's, you know, it's just yeah. like, there you go.
0: And, you know, I do know someone during COVID that just recent, recently said to me, I didn't discover anime until COVID. Now I'm yeah. such a fan.
1: People you know? love it. It's yeah. bizarre. Yeah. I, I to be honest with you, it's that my, well, my son is watching it a lot and, and I like watching it with him. Um It's not my cup of tea, but it is it's I mean, I get what I love about some of the the storylines are twisted and they're also but they're also metaphorically, they're always like incredibly rich and like poetic and Mm -hmm. like in an epic kind of way. Right. And so they are, you know, my character is all about the, you know, discovering that there is no light without the dark, you know, like that's like his whole through line is he's hurt so badly That he wants to end the universe because he does because there's too much pain and he doesn't want people to suffer. So it's like this noble cause for wanting to kill everyone on Earth, you know. Which, by the way, of course, is an Avengers. You know, uh, 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 you know, Thanos. I think has the same deal. But, but I think my guy came first. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, for (laughs) sure.
0: Well, that leads me to my next question: Is what? would you say is the difference? Cause you do a lot of animation as well. Mm-hmm. And then this can also go for video games. Can we, we, can break it down now. Yeah. What yeah. do you feel like the difference is in doing anime animation and I'll add video games to that. Sure. And then also what, what would you say is a different sort of process, whether you're auditioning or doing the piece, if you get, if you get the job.
1: Yeah, sure. So the, um, the short story between uh, Anime and video games are closer uh, because the the basic format of doing them, uh, and I'm I, I know you know this, but mm-hmm. just sort of breaking it down no, for No, it's good. For Yeah, this world. Yeah. You know? yeah. But uh, anime and 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 uh, and uh, video games are similar because what you're given is basically a spreadsheet with a uh, you know your character, the single line, which is often just mm-hmm. a phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a, a description of what has just happened, you know, lion, lion roars, you know, or whatever, right. <laughs> whatever. And, yeah. it, you know, uh, and you just go down and tick off your lines one by one by one. Right. If you're lucky, you have a director or an, and an engineer in the other room who are saying, OK, so at this point, this is what's happened. And the guy that you were talking to has just said this and you've done this and here's what's going on and here's, right. how, you know, whatever. And they give you a little bit of the emotional context behind what you're saying, and then mm-hmm. you do it to the best of your ability as an actor. Yeah. Um, but as you said, it does feel very thrown together. I mean, you know, there, there are these I can recall right now the biggest moment, which is plastered all over the Internet, mm-hmm. you know, as we speak as being like one of the biggest anime battle scenes in history Yeah. was, you know, divulged to me sentence by sentence. On a given day, without any preparation or understanding of what the hell was going on, yeah, and yeah. you know, it's like you know, I didn't know. Now I don't know what I would have done differently, but as an actor, I think I at least would have had a feeling about it, you, oh, know, yeah. I, you know. Oh yeah. So, so that is it. And but so both of those work the same way. In anime, you're doing what's called dubbing. So the animation, the drawing, has already happened. And they play it up on a screen in little snippets, the same amount, the snippet that you're going to speak, they play on the screen and you watch that. And then what you're doing is matching the timing of the character's movement and mouth, mouth their mouth movement, it's called the flaps. So you're trying to match the flaps of inhales, exhales, long sounds, short sounds, you know, consonants, et cetera. And you're doing that you know, while, while hitting the line. It's as much to make the dub make sense and look okay so that it doesn't look like those old spoofs of like karate right. movies that used to right. have, you know, uh, as anything. And they've gotten pretty advanced with that and it, they care about it enough that that, that that part of it actually really does matter. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a big part of it. So th- those are those two. They are really fun. They are exciting. You know, it, it can be great. I think the video games generally tend to be, you know, you're doing something, you're the first person to voice it. So it's you take a little more ownership of it, or you take a lot more ownership of it, because when you're doing anime or dubbing stuff, somebody else has already performed the thing. So you're kind of matching that ethos. Um, But uh, uh, video games are are super fun because you're doing that. Animation is the greatest Mm -hmm. because they are – you are doing the performance before the drawing happens, and then right. they often will do the drawing based on your performance. So very often they'll film while you're shoot while you're recording. So like mm-hmm. Bjorn has a lot of my facial. He did, you know. Once things. I
0: knew you did it, yeah. I could totally see. I should that. go get right. the little
1: doll. The, the, oh. The, there's Aww. like there's a there's a thing there's a face that I was doing all the time and that is like the billboard face basically. It's like it's I like love a, that. You know? yeah. yeah, super cool. Um, so you know that's really fun. And then the very very best, I think, the the, the most fun thing, which doesn't really happen anymore, as you know. Is when you get lucky enough to be on something that has a cast recording oh, yeah. where everybody's in the same room at the same time and oh, you're playing yeah. off of one another. Because what we very often do, even in animation stuff, but always in anime and and, and video games, is you're recording everything in an isolation booth by yourself mm-hmm. with no other actors around. And that we can do it you know listen we're professionals and we're good right. at it and we you know and we can do it and we can conjure the oh, information yeah. we need to get the performance that we want but there is something that is so delightfully almost effortless about if you feed me a line i'm going to have a reaction yeah. and and oh, that's yeah. you know that's just so fun and um uh you know the the times that i've been able to do that are just are, are wonderful and the you know honestly uh, two of my very favorite projects were were pilots that never went anywhere but um you know uh were just we're just so great to do and and uh, and then you know other doing sort of one-off guest star stuff on I did a an episode of the transformers and an episode of um of uh uh, I don't know, a couple other things where, where you know, you're in the room all together. And oh, yeah. uh, Legend of Korra, uh, you know, where you're in the room with everybody at the same time. And, yeah. you know, these very often it's, it's, it, there's at least one or two people in, well, there's usually a celebrity or two among yeah. them. And then also yeah. the folks who are doing it all the time are, uh, are, you know, real comfortable and 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 voiceover people tend to be very welcoming and fun. Oh, and, yes. Know, they love it. So, oh, yeah, yes. Good. I
0: mean, I think that's the thing I miss the most because when yeah. I first got into – same thing, came here to do film and TV. I mean, I almost laughed at some of the things you were saying going, oh, my gosh, I think that came <laughs> out of my mouth <laughs> yeah, too and all yeah. that. But um, – and I had a demo from – because I had done – fallen into voiceover in Dallas and I had a really good demo – and that someone had just, I mean, she, we, we were with the same agent, very much the same type, but you know, it's just that, and I feel like actors used to have that more like, hey, you should do this. And so anyway, when I look back, I was very fortunate that I had that when I came here, but I was getting called in. I didn't have an agent. I was getting yeah. jobs and they kept saying, you need, you know, you need to get an agent. Like you're, you know, you're working, you're doing this. So, um, but one of the things I just thought, this is so much fun. Like yeah. it's just so much fun and you would be working off each other and there was just so much group and dialogue type of things going in and we'd just be laughing. Everybody was so welcoming. And yes, I, I said, I met more people doing voiceover probably that were celebrities and, yeah. and just people who you'd recognize going, oh, I grew up watching them or whatever, because mm-hmm. everybody did it. Everybody wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that it kind of heard about it because, I don't know, I think there's a lot more about voiceover now just for the average public and everything. But I really miss, in fact, um, I've done some projects and Greg and I have produced some projects and I have called studios and said, okay, we want to come in do this and that. And this is before the shutdown. And I say, how many mics do you have? And it's, it's hard to find someone now that even casting places that have more than two or three mics. Oh, I remember really? remember going in there, like, you know, five, yeah. six mics, yeah. and you'd work off each other, and yeah. ADR stages still have them, but even now that's had to be revamped, yeah. right, during yeah. this time. Yeah. And yeah. So I really miss that as well. And that's the, to me, that's the acting part uh, that we feed off of, and then also the closest to theater. That's what yeah. I am It's the closest I,
1: I to I agree, theater. exactly. Yeah. And the thing, and it's the... From a production point of view and a directorial point of view, I'm surprised that I, I understand, you know, the, the tricky part with all of this is always going to be there's so many people are so busy. And, and right, especially right. when you are dealing with a celebrity, it's tough right. to get everybody's schedule. But I, it's just funny how I remember, I mean, I don't know. It's like if, if I to this day, really, if I got a job, I would. I'd do it, you know. I'd be there, right. you know, and right. and I feel like most people I know would be too. I don't think it's so much. I, I I don't know that the scheduling is that with a, with a celebrity shore, but right. workaday actors, which most casts ought to be, right. Um, I think we'd all be there and I know we'd all want I know we'd all love it. Well, and from and yeah. I would think that it the 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 there's an intangible spark, like an intangible yes. energy, the theatrical energy, the magic, energy, of, the the magic yeah. of the moment is exactly it, you know. And that that I would think would enhance absolutely every project. And actually the 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 first um the first, uh, uh, Christmas Chronicles, we did, we all were in there. We weren't really necessarily always in scene together, right. but like Fred Tattashore and Debbie Derryberry and, oh, yeah, and, Deb- and like yeah. these like, you know, big, you know, voiceover star people, yeah. uh, we were all in this soundstage at Disney and it was this amazing thing. And, you know, it's playing up on the big screen in front of you. And they had the, they had the, you know, you ever have a rail, you know, the yeah, rail, yeah, that yeah. This, I love yeah. the rail, but not every studio will have that. It's for those of you who are listening, it's, they put like sort of a padded rail in between you and the microphone and um, and they say actually that it's it's so that the actor doesn't encroach on the space of the mic, but uh-huh. you can also, you can hold on to it. And so then if you're giving like a big old bellow or if you're, you know, moving around yeah. or whatever, you can hold on to it and not lose your centering of the microphone too. Right. And, right. So, and kind of, you can feel very physical in a different way. And I actually hadn't used one before that, and I and I totally love it now. And now I'm like, you know, I want it. It's you yeah. know, uh, so but yeah.
0: I know what you mean because um, we've started to do some audio dramas because I always thought old time radio yeah. would have been,
1: yeah, you know, the best yeah. and everything. Yeah.
0: And I have to say, everybody I know wants to. Do that. Work together. Well, together. add and
1: me think, to that list. Okay. I want to. <laughs> it's so
0: much fun, and um, I think celebrities and everybody—if you give them the opportunity—I mean, yeah. yeah, there's some scheduling stuff, but yeah, I—I I don't know. It's—it's it's, yes, I get to do that again. You yeah. know, I've—I've I've yeah. had people yeah. say, you know, I'm tired of just yelling onward, force, or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, hey, by yeah. myself, you know, I want right. to have that listening and reacting thing again. So yeah I will, yeah. yes, we will, we will talk for sure. I'd love Michael. to, I'd yeah. love to do
1: that. Yeah, that.
0: Yeah. 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 All right. So, um, I was going to say, oh, uh, we're going to, yeah, let's just, let's play.
1: All yeah, right. We're
0: play. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great segue. So, um, This is something, as you guys know who are listening, I like to do at the end of the podcast where we do a piece. And it really, when I say it's cold, it really is cold. I mean, there's times I've read over it enough to send it to somebody and go, I think we could play these roles. But not Hmm. much more than that. Now, I found that Michael and I had both looked at this a while back. Um, We're aware of this project, but we hadn't, I haven't really thought about it. Yeah, it's months
1: ago. Sadly, I didn't get it.
0: (laughs) Me either. (laughs) Somebody made a bad choice. (laughs) (laughs) And we're the ones doing it now. Yeah, I
1: haven't seen it. I know. I haven't either. So,
0: um, okay. So, um, I'll say you're going to play the hiring robot first. I'm going to play Rock. Okay. And um, do you know much about this?
1: Uh, uh, I don't know. I can't remember anything about it other than have I read through it this afternoon. And I, I, I know that I am uh, an animatronic, you know, sort of creature and you are a human and I am, and you are trying to get a job at the the company that I represent.
0: Right. Right. And um, yeah, let's just, you know, a lot of times we don't get much more information than that. And I, I, there wasn't really much more information than that. So um, the other thing I thought would be fun, which I don't always do is any more you hear, male, female, kid. I mean, they're just, they're don't they they're open to everything, right? Yeah. So I'm like, we're going to, uh, Michael's going to start with Hiring Robot. I'll read Rock and then we'll switch roles too. So we'll play around awesome. with this. Yeah. All right. So whenever you're ready, we don't need to slate. We're saying we got this, right?
1: We got this. All right. Here at Evil Robot Corp., we do evil robot things. End of tour. Any questions?
0: What's your name?
1: Hiring Robot.
0: I've always liked that name.
1: This job is designed for a robot. It can probably only be done by a robot. And it's between you, Rock, and Aerobotron 8000. Let the interview commence. Task 1. Destroy that filing cabinet with your laser eyes.
0: All I can do is my best. Ah, oh, I did the opposite.
1: Interview task 472: Eat nuts and bolts.
0: All right, so that's the end of scene 1. Let's go into scene two, b- 2 before we talk about it. So, this is um hiring robot is moved. Okay, I think by this last Gone scene, right. Gone through
1: something. Something has happened. I've changed
0: yeah. Well, and also, when I did the opposite, when Rock did the opposite, instead of destroying the filing cabinet, it came back magically. It comes mm. back together. So it's kind of healed. I destroy yeah. it and heal it. Or maybe the, I bet um, the other robot, Robotron 8000, I bet he destroyed it. Yeah. No, it says, it says, uh, um it says that Rock says, oh, I did the opposite. So I guess I made it come back together.
1: But now we're, I think we're time jumping, though, a fair I do distance too. away I from do. there. Yeah, so all of right. that's behind us.
0: Okay. And your eyes go from evil red to
1: softer blue. Wait. What are we, do- what? Take two. Wait. What we are doing is wrong. We started this company to destroy the world, but... How can we destroy a world that has wonderful people like Rock? Aww. You know, you know, we don't have to be evil. In fact, we could be good. Maybe it's time we end Evil Robot Corp.
0: And then it has uh, all these different robots, which this happens in a session where you're hired for a main character, but then they'll have like kind of everyone throws out a little bit different voice, so we can do that now.
1: <laughs> yeah, You take that Yay. last one. Okay. Yes! Agreed! <laughs> Bravo! <laughs> Rock, please do us the honor of shutting down that doomsday device.
0: My pleasure. <laughs> 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 All right. Super. So, what what would you do differently, do you think?
1: Well, it's funny because the uh, I mean, you know, the um, the temptation of the the robot voice. And as I recall, I think there was the sort of like they wanted at least one run of this as um, at, with the sort of like, you know, toneless kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but honestly, if I were going to do it again, I would want to try it in a slightly different thing. You know what I was thinking of is uh Tony Shalhoub in um, uh, from the the movie where that where he plays in, where they play where you know there's it's uh, what is it Starship Troopers or something oh, like that.
0: Oh, okay, he's so great. You know, great. Yeah. he's
1: uh, yeah, he's the best. But uh, he he's a uh, he is uh, an alien who's he's sort of fighting with the idea that maybe he has feelings, which are uncomfortable, you know, and it's yeah, his, let's try his that. cadence is not yeah. quite as a, but I think I did. I, you know, I, I, that's what I was kind of, I was, yeah, I, I'd like it. Uh, I'd like to do that more. Um,
0: yeah. I felt like you were doing some of that, but just leaning into that a little bit more. Yeah, maybe? sure. Yeah. Let's try it.
1: Okay. Here at Evil Robot Corp, we do evil robot things. End of tour. Any questions? What's your name? Hiring Robot.
0: I've always liked that name.
1: This job is designed for a robot. It can only be done by a robot. And it's between you, Rock, and Robotron 8000. Let the interview commence. Task 1. Destroy that filing cabinet with your laser eyes.
0: Ah, uh, well, I'll, all I can do is my best.
1: Mm-hmm. I did the opposite. Interview Task 472, Eat Nuts and Bolts. (laughs) Scene 2. Wait, what we're doing is wrong. We started this company to destroy the world, but how can we destroy a world that has wonderful people like Rock? You know, we don't have to be evil. In fact, we could be good. Maybe it's time we end Evil Robot Corp. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Agreed. <laughs> I can't thought you never asked. Rock, please do us the honor of shutting down that doomsday device.
0: Oh, sure. <laughs> Okay. I I like that a lot. And, you know, I think it's so interesting now because I'm sure you're getting this too, where they say they want things more believable and all that. But then there were these robotic voices. We'd get everything from HAL, you know, 2001 Space Odyssey to GPS to all that. But I'm starting to hear more and more like they want a little more of a human element. And you go, okay, how much is that? How much is human element? You know? So, Okay. You want to switch roles? Yes, I do. Here at Evil Robot Corp, we do evil robot things. End of tour. Any questions? Uh, What's your name? Hiring robot.
1: I've always liked that name.
0: This job is designed for a robot. It can probably only be done by a robot and... It's between you, Rock, and Robotron 8000. Let the interview commence. Task 1, destroy that filing cabinet with your laser eyes.
1: Uh, oh, all I can do is my best. Oh, Yo yeah, uh, I did the opposite.
0: Interview Task 472, eat nuts and bolts. Uh. Scene 2. Wait! What we are doing is wrong. We started this company to destroy the world. But how can we destroy a world that has wonderful people like Rock?
1: <laughs> Love you, HR.
0: You know, we don't have to be evil. In fact, we could be good. Maybe it's time we end Evil Robot Corp. <laughs> oh, yeah! Oh, Let's that's do it! Great! Rock, please do us the honor of shutting down that doomsday device.
1: <sighs> if you're sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was fun. And I think I do the same thing. I think if I did another one, I'd maybe make it a little more of that human type. I I, I don't know. Any sure.
1: Comments? Uh I mean, the it's it's funny because it's like I think so much of the I think that the that the humor feels like it's coming from the fact that he is uh, that that the hiring robot is uh, is robotic and the lines are sort of constructed in a way that almost feels like it's supposed to be that way. Um, And yet, uh, yeah, I wonder I maybe I wonder if you like maybe they've infused it with. A particular personality type, instead, you oh, know, almost, well, you know. Yeah,
0: I mean, I was feeling that way a little bit of just because you know when it gets where the robot has more feelings and it's yeah. gotten to him. Yeah. That's where I felt like oh, like someone who is a little cut off emotionally, kind doesn't yeah. quite know how to relate, but they, yeah, yeah, or, you know, yeah. So, um, yeah, you take
1: another run at it or no?
0: Yeah, sure, I'll give it another shot. All right. <clears throat> <clears throat> here at Evil Robot Corp, we do evil robot things. End of tour. Let me do that again. Here at Here at Evil Robot Corp, we do evil robot things. End of tour. Any questions?
1: Uh what's your name?
0: Hiring Robot.
1: Huh. Oh, I've always liked that name.
0: This job is designed for a robot. It can probably only be done by a robot, and it's between you, Brock, and Robotron 8000. Let the interview commence. Task 1. Destroy that filing cabinet with your laser eyes.
1: Well, all I can do is my best. Oh, (laughs) I did the opposite.
0: Interview Task 472. Eat nuts and bolts. Scene 2 Wait! Huh? What we are doing is wrong. We started this company to destroy the world, but how can we destroy a world that has wonderful people like Rock? (sighs) You know, we don't have to be evil. In fact, we could be good. Maybe it's time we end Evil Robot Corp.
1: <laughs> oh, of course oh, you not like when a man says it.
0: Rock, please do us the honor of shutting down that doomsday device. Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I mean, it, there's so many ways once you start playing around with it, and it's fun sure. to react off someone. As well. Yeah,
1: this is it's funny because this scene is this is a this is a good this is a good one, and it's I wish there was more rock uh, hiring robot interchange, you know, because yeah, obviously something happened that that made the hiring robot love rock, and rock loves the hiring robot. So whatever the uh, that that moment of like them paling around, the montage is we're missing the montage, <laughs> right, you know,
0: right? Right, you know. which it could be a montage where there, right. there isn't a lot of dialogue.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, it's been such a pleasure, Michael, um, talking to you, working with you, connecting again, for sure. And, yeah. uh, hey, it's a new year. And so um, I I decided my new motto. And by the way, I didn't come up with this. I wish I had, but I heard this and I went. Someone said, because, you know, if they felt like we were going back into the same old thing. Is it 2022? And they said, but. I think it's 2022, 2022. We're going to, you know, we're going to do something. It's going to be a new year, right? (laughs)
1: 2022.0.
0: Yeah, (laughs) 0.0 for sure. Um, And so, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to a lot of fun things, projects connecting again. Yeah. Yeah. And also um, you had mentioned it's in the families you have, yeah. uh, your son's doing some of this now too. And
1: he is. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. we're busy over here, but I just, you know, I'm, I was so happy to get the, you know, your message on Instagram and, and it was so nice to chat the other night when we kind of just, yeah. you know, relived some of the olden days and, uh, and this was great. So I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful that you reached out and uh, I hope I, I hope I get to see you in the wild someday soon. Yeah, I know. Isn't that true. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: thank you so much, Michael.
1: Thank you so much. It's great to be here.
0: Thanks for joining us today, and thanks to our sponsor, Frisco Cellars of Paso Robles, California, a boutique winery that produces some amazing wines. Their Cabernets, Rosé, and Ports are world-class, and if you visit their website, FriscoCellars.com, and type in Voice 20 at checkout, you'll get a 20% discount. Oh, and they even offer my private label wine, the In My Voice 2018 Central Coast Cabernet. Get some. It pairs well with life. Thanks for listening and see you next time. In My Voice is a production of Word Merchants Media and is co produced by Greg Perkins and Kathy Grable. Engineered and mixed by Alex Bogdasarian. And I'm Brent Huff, your announcer. For more information on this podcast, our scripted podcast, ebooks, private voice coaching, and more, Visit Kathy Bye for now.